Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And today I am blessed to have my residents with me, Kevin Noor. Hey guys. Brassonamics. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> and Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? Today we want to do a little beyond the sermon. And um, we're just going to chop it up. It's uh, Monday afternoon. I preached. Uh, this will be coming out probably a little later, but I just preached yesterday on the rhythm of listening. And I was, um, you know, I kind of struggled with the sermon a little bit because I felt like um, I kept, I kept as I was writing it, I kept thinking, man, this is just so simple and so obvious. And I feel like I always like to have some kind of big aha moment or some big revelation or some big, something deep, you know? And I just, and uh, I've been challenged. I've been getting some coaching and I've been challenged that I need to do a better job of going down and breaking things down and getting back to the foundation and getting back to the beginning and showing people some of the things that I assume everybody knows uh, and actually teaching them those things because people don't don't actually know them and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I've never actually just preached on listening before, the rhythm of listening. In the past, I've combined it with other rhythms. Um, but yeah, so I, I preached on listening and uh, you guys were all there. So thoughts, thoughts on the sermon. I think just starting off with the rhythm stems out of an identity and you mm -hmm. laying that piece down was really helpful. And then um, even talking, you talked about how when Jesus called us to life, spiritual life that is, like it was um, much more like him calling Lazarus out of the tomb. Um, and I know that was a very small portion of your sermon, but that's the one that I thought on most of the day. Um, because Lazarus didn't have a choice. Like Lazarus was like, "Come, he came." Mm -hmm. Um, I was just thinking, if it was anything other than that, I would have never came. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was an effectual calling. Yeah. That's what we call that effectual calling. When he calls us, he makes it happen. Mm. Yeah, so like my. Yeah, I was I was not only given life, but then given listening on that. That's kind of the way I thought of through the sermon. Hmm. Um, hmm. Life and listening. Mm -hmm. yeah. I thought it was so key that like you you broke down, kind of went into like the details on um, who are you actually listening to, yeah. you know. And there's, I mean, we just we're coming out of the pandemic, you know. Who knows what people have been listening to for? You know, the world's been shut down. There's, you know, preacher after preacher, you know, on YouTube and um, music and, you know, the great Jake Paul's out there just, you know, killing it in the YouTube. But it's just kind of like, what are you actually listening to? Are you listening to the word of God, his truth? Or are you actually listening to the world's truth? And I thought that was uh, really key how you put that together. And uh, me and my, my my family had some great conversations after that. And I thought that was really good. Okay. I, I was thinking about um, your illustration, your story at the beginning about... Um, the woman who realized just kind of the, the radical ordinariness of ministry. And um, I, I really liked 
that that's kind of how you framed it at the start. I think it's really tempting, um, especially as a pastoral resident, as a member of the staff, to want to be, I, I don't know, upper echel- upper echelon of ministry in some ways. And so it's always a good reminder that, like, no, no, there's there's one gospel, and it's radically ordinary. Yeah. So I got a question for you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, God has been good um, um, in our city, in our church. We're continuing to grow. Even in the pandemic, we didn't shut down. Um, but as um, everything continues to grow and you're our, our main pastor and our lead um, elder in the church, um, is it hard for you to listen? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to who? <laughs> you didn't think that was coming, did you? <laughs> I was trying to frame it up so you weren't really thinking about what I was going to say. <laughs> it depends. Listen to who? What do you mean? I would just say even listen um, to your congregation, um, listening to God as you as the church continues to grow because um, there's so many pastors out there that I continue to, you know, as things grow, they, you know, it's their truth. Yeah. You know, not mm. God's Listening truth. to Google reviews. Yeah. Mm. Are we a five-star church? Or are we not? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I feel... Uh, I feel like... Um, I'm still trying desperately to listen to the Lord and um, and I feel like this year actually um, pressed me deeper into that mm-hmm. because we had kind of a semblance of unity before the pandemic so we kind of looked like we were united and we looked like we were all of us kind of agreed on some foundational things and we, you know, we, we did in some regard, but then the pandemic and the election put their fingers and the racial unrest and all the stuff we've had really, you know, focused on what divides us. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the answer for everybody. I, I, I um, made some critical mistakes. I made, I, I, I I wasn't prepared as I should have been with some, with some things, you know? Um, I was a little loosey goosey in my understanding of government and understanding of, um, how the church and the government should relate to one another and, and things like, just things like that. Okay. And then, um, even, even on, uh, you know, the racial, the racial stuff that's going on once I, once we, you know, the critical, I, I hadn't studied critical race theory. I didn't know what that was. And then so all of a sudden I'm getting say, uh, people are saying that we're Marxists and critical. And I'm like, what the heck? Marxist, critical race. So then I had to go study all that. So I felt like I wasn't quite prepared. Okay. And, and so what it, what it did for me was pushed me deeper into the Lord and was like, I need you to speak. I need you to, you know, because I, I can't do this, so I need you to help, right? Uh, and I'm just going to keep teaching what I think is true, what I believe is true, what I think the scriptures are teaching, even if other people disagree with me. Um, and so I'm going to try to to listen to you, and then listen to the elders, and and make sure that we're we're on the same page first and foremost. And then it 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 spreads out from there. 
So, um, so in one sense, I want to say, um, I feel like I'm just as tempted as ever before, you know, to, to close my ears to the Lord, but because of the pandemic, it made me a little bit more dependent Mm. on the Lord. And, um, and I'm, yeah, and I'm constantly, I mean, one of the reasons I read so much is because that that's, you could say that's a form of listening, right? Like I'm trying to read widely to listen to a lot of different authors to be able to figure out exactly uh, what I believe the Bible is teaching about things or, or the, the stance that we should have, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then as, um, as I get emails and I get things like that, I listen to those emails. I nearly, if I ever, if, when I get negative, you know, like real, you know, negative and ugly emails, um, I never respond to, to, to negative, ugly emails. I just forward them right onto the elders just so the elders, I'm like, Hey, you guys can see this, you know, see what's going on here. See what they're saying about me. See, and you guys can tell me if you think it's true or not or whatever. Um, and so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks for surprising me with that awesome <laughs> <laughs> question there, Alex. But, uh, um, but yeah, it is definitely, I could, I could see what you're, I think I see what you're getting at. The bigger the church gets, the more typically, the more isolated a past a lead pastor gets, and the less people he listens to, and I think organizationally that's just the case, um, because most organizations are structured with a CEO model. Our church isn't really like that, and so, you know, I'm still in missional community, so I'm listening to everybody in my missional community, right? I'm listening to to the elders, and I'm listening to my staff, and I'm listening to God. And then I'm listening to anybody else who sends me emails. That I, can I, I think that's, I think it's super good that you I mean answered that the way you did because um, as a church continues to grow, it's it's hard for leaders to listen. Um, but I also um, think it's good that you actually went to the scriptures. Like, what is the, what is the scripture saying? What is what do I need to listen to here to be able to lead uh, my sheep? Um, but you also said something about mission communities. What does that What does listening look like um, in mission community standpoint? Why do I have to answer that question? I was open out here for anybody, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, I think one of the most annoying signs of imma- of spiritual immaturity is a person who can't listen. <clears throat> I just talks all the time and can't listen, and so. In missional community, <clears throat> it looks like being attentive to the words people are using and the nonverbal communication. So I can't tell you how many times somebody's walked in and I could just tell by the look on their face they've had a crappy day or something's going on. Or they had an argument in a car. Right? Or they got in a fight in a car. That's right. He got the wrong breadsticks at the do- at the store, and he's in trouble. <laughs> you were supposed to pick up dinner. You did. <laughs> and so I I will often either me or I'll have one of my other leaders do it. I'll go, hey, hey, something's going on with this dude over here. Go ask him, see what's up, because mm-hmm. that's how you raise up leaders. You don't just do it yourself. You a- have somebody else go do it. And so I say, hey, go see what's going on. And so they'll go over and say, hey, what's going on? You look upset. You look bothered. You look frustrated. And sometimes those people will just kind of like vomit and just tell you what's going on in their soul, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's paying attention to verbal and nonverbal cues in missional community and then stepping in and, and trying to be 
helpful, whatever that is. You know, if it's navigating a fight between two spouse or if it's walking a guy's addiction to pornography out or if it's gospeling somebody in the moment, whatever it is. Or if it's, uh, you know, challenging somebody on a, on a sin that they're, they, they're not repenting of and they're not, they're not fighting. Yeah. You know, so, but it's, again, it's listening to the spirit, listening to them, what they're saying and what their body's saying, you know, and then stepping in, stepping into In Michigan it. community, have you ever like uh, listened to what was going on, maybe a spouse or maybe their body language and then like completely shifting the whole night compared to like you've studied and prepped for a whole curriculum, things like that? Yep. I like you asking those hypothetical questions. Like you haven't been in missional community with me and see me do that exact same thing. So. Hey, you know, there's a lot of listeners out here that, that may not know. So yeah. to break it down, it's, it's good. Yeah. It happens all the time. Happens all the time, man. Yep. Got to be willing to shift and pivot. So any other thoughts, any other thoughts on the sermon? So I had several people come up to me afterwards and say like, Thank you. You know, that was like you said, it wasn't be profound, profound or anything, but it was really what I needed. And I'm going to forward this on to all these different people. And, and I, and honestly, honest to God, I'm like, why? I, what? I don't understand. And I'm not being like humble. I'm not, or falsely humble there or whatever. I don't understand. What about that sermon was unique or good or, you know, I don't, I really don't. Mm -hmm. And if I would have had my like druthers, I wouldn't have preached it. Like I, I I just wouldn't have, but I I felt like I needed to because I want to work through our rhythms, you know, and communicate our rhythms to people. But I like preaching things. I don't know. I, that, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just the simplicity. I don't know what it is. Is there was it a uh, first or second service that you felt or that you got the most feedback? Well, I I don't get any feedback from the first service because I go downstairs. I I literally get done and I have like thirty minutes till I'm back up there, and so I go downstairs. I drink a cup of coffee and I eat some food, and then so I don't get to go and sit stand by the door after the first service. So, yeah. and it's masked, so I don't know if anybody wants to shake my hand or not. So. <laughs> I, so I, I so then I I stand by the door on the second service and so that's the one you know that I got the most. There, there was something from. in the first service that I maybe I just didn't catch it the second service, but I don't want to bring up the empathy thing for the third podcast, but uh, it's kind of what it sounded like you were talking about, like listening, but ordinary in the sense of like worldly ordinary, to where like, or maybe I just thought of this in the moment while you were talking, but listening with like empathetic ears and not is listening with gospel ears. Mm. Mm. I have no idea. I don't remember what I, I, I don't know. So that, that was one thing that was different about the sermon is I had a lot of, I realized like Sunday morning that I just didn't like this sermon. I looked at my sermon on paper and I just realized I didn't like it. And then, and what that always does to me is like, that means <clears throat> I'm creating and in one sense, I'm creating a sermon while I'm on stage. And so I had, I had the framework. I had some stuff I wanted to say on my paper, but I stepped away from my pulpit and, and told more stories and had more examples and did more things like that and, and added more to my sermon than I normally do. Yeah. So how do you gauge when it's like, 
I don't like this sermon because, you know, it just doesn't feel right according to the Spirit, or I don't like this sermon because I don't have anything profound and I want it to sound profound. Yeah, yeah, I think, so I think there's both of that in there. Um, I was worried that this wasn't, quote-unquote, like it was gospel-centered because I started with the identities, right? But then there was no, like, ma- there was no, in my notes, there was no, like, major gospel presentation. Mm. You know what I mean? But I did. I ended up, uh, I realized that on Sunday morning. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> I, I, I know I, I'm assuming the gospel because I'm do- talking about these identities and stuff. Mm. But then, so the whole piece that you were talking about, about Jesus calling us like Lazarus and Jesus calling us by name and all that kind of stuff, none of that was in my notes. Mm. That was all like I recognized on Sunday morning that I needed, I needed to press into this. Yeah, and and so that was all literally uh, just either spirit led or or from my you know own realization. And then um, you know I didn't want it to be a, a a nice little talk about being better listeners. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I recognized that, and so then I had to. It's called you know extemporaneous preaching. You just you're basically coming up with the content in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's, 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 yeah, for me, that's pretty easy to do when it's on a subject like that. Yeah. When it's more of a, well, rhythm is a do thing, right? Yeah. So it's easy to sound kind of do this, do this. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, the only thing I, I, I did like, <laughs> I did like my line. My goal is to teach you how to be a gloriously normal Christian. Yeah. I like that line. Just because that's what I'm trying to do, man. There's glory in the ordinary. There's glory. Like, you don't got to be an amazing preacher, singer, rap star, whatever. Yeah. If you can listen to people well with gospel ears, dude, mm-hmm. you're going to be a good Christian, man. Like, you're going to be a good friend. You're going to be a good member of yeah. a church, you know? Mm-hmm. Um you're going to listen to the Lord and you're going to listen to other people. And I think that's, I don't know. Is there anything like, since, I mean, you just kind of talk through like all the listening that you do that you, um, that you kind of wanted to speak on or press more that you didn't have time to. Um, I could talk for days Mm -hmm. about, I mean, we've already, we've been tended on this thing, but the amount of TV that people watch, the amount of YouTube, the amount of TikTok, Mm -hmm. the amount of Instagram, and uh, I mean, it's just there, you're being, you're being shaped, you're being formed into a certain type of person. You're listening. You, you might not think that it's affecting you, but it is. Yeah. It's affecting you. Yeah. And, you know, and so I'm I'm deeply I'm deeply bothered by the fact that a lot of people, you know, are more formed by whoever who whatever news they're watching than they are by by Jesus and by scripture. And so I could just keep talking for hours about that. I know I it's kind of like beating a dead horse and I I I don't want to do that. We're not fundamentalists. We're not like 
up, you know, up here telling you what you can and can't watch, but we do need to be aware of it. You know, we, and, and I think, and, and that's the deal. I think one of the reasons parents can't say no to their children when it comes to technology is because they know they'd be hypocrites if they did. Mm-hmm. Like you, if you're watching three, four hours of, if you're staring at your phone for three or four hours a day and then your kid wants to watch something on TV and you say no, any child is going to go, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Why can you do it? And <laughs> I can't. Sure. That's the yeah. first response they're going to have. And then what are you going to say? Because I said so. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work. Do as I say, not yeah. as I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so for me, you know, I have, I had a tendency for a while to, you know, I, I read a lot during the day. I work out during, I work out over my lunch hour and then I come home, you know, four or five, my kids get home and we eat dinner together as a family. Maybe we'll go for a walk and then the kids start doing their chores. And while they do their chores, I'll sit down and I'll grab my phone and I'll watch a couple of YouTube videos, you know, of usually bourbon, bourbon guys that I like to watch and stuff. Um, and I started realizing, oh crap, like this is, you know, I'm, I'm being a bad example. And so I've just started grabbing books. I said, I've got a book, like a fiction, a couple actually kids fiction books that I'm trying to read that my, so my kids can read them. Um, and I'm just reading through um, Andrew Peterson's book, The Winter King. Is that the one I'm reading? No, 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 that's not. I'm listening to Winter King. Uh, and that's by somebody else. Uh, the Wing Feather Saga. And so I'm just reading, I'm reading through that. So when my kids come you know, and want to talk, I'm reading a book, not staring at my phone. So I mean, can, can books kind of do the same thing? I mean, if you're like watch, we're reading a fiction book, and it could be about almost anything, the same as a Netflix series. Could could that be very similar? No, I don't think it is. There's something about a Netflix. First off, when a movie's on, the TV's on, it's loud. Mm-hmm. You can't speak. It's hard to speak over it. It's interrupting. And if you're like me, TV is immersive. Like I get locked in, and I can completely block out other human beings. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hear the baby screaming. <laughs> I don't hear the baby screaming. I'm watching the show. <coughs> when it, with a book, you can be interrupted very easily. And the whole family isn't hearing what's on. That's the other thing. Parents, the, some of the shows that parents are watching, are mm. you, when are you watching these shows? They've got the F-bomb, every other word. They've got sexual explicit stuff. they got all this kind of stuff going on. Kid walks into the room, you know, like... You know, like, I don't know, man. I mean, I've got a 14-year-old, and I can I, th- I can only think of a couple times in my life where I've had it, hey, turn your head. And it was I, I was like, turn your head, because I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. It was like a TV 14 show, but I wasn't sure that you never know, you know, what, yeah. what might pop up. But if you're having to tell your kid, turn your head, turn your head, all the time, right. like, they know you're watching some something with nudity in it, right. something that's not appropriate, you know? So I think there's a big difference between reading... I just say that because there's a lot of people that they jump into reading and they can zone anything out because to them that what they're reading is is making the visuals in their head yeah. and they're you're processing it and before you know it it's it's like the movie that's on but it's just you in the book. Yeah, I mean, if you're like that, um, then you should probably be aware of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And as one of those people, um, I will say that every time my child comes in and I'm watching TV. She immediately wants to watch TV. And every time she comes in and I'm reading a book and I say, Oh, you know, I'll read it to you. It's like gone. She gone. Yep. Mm. So 
no, not, I won't say no kid because I was the kid who's like, yeah, read it to me. But it's very rare for a kid to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I would rather you read this book out loud than watch TV. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe uh, it's just the way I read it. So for the most part, we don't turn our TV on until kids are in bed. Yeah. You know, and even then, if I'm watching something, I'll be like, Javin, you need to go to bed, bud. You can get, you can get a book and go to bed. And you can read for a little while before you go to bed. But uh, I want a, my kids to have the rhythm of reading before bed and reading first thing in the morning, you know, like, yeah. that, like teaching them how to have a, a quiet time with the Lord and, and listen to the Lord. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, any other questions, thoughts uh, on the sermon, listening to God, listening to others in our missional community, etc. All right. All right, guys. Well, there you go. Uh, the rhythm of listening. If you got any questions, email me, Pastor Justin. You can email me, Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.